You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. I am your host, Anthony Cazenza, and it has been a crazy couple of weeks, I guess a week and a half since free agency has started, and uh, which is odd to say because the Cincinnati Bengals are not usually the most active in free agency, but between who they've signed, who of their players have signed elsewhere, the visits they've had, all that kind of stuff. There's been a lot of news. We're going to talk about that and put our little twist and opinions on it. Speaking of opinions, we've got a guest co-host tonight, Cody Toomey, who many of you know. Uh, is it at Cody Kai on Twitter? Is that is that yeah. how you pronounce it? Yeah. yeah, you got it. Yeah. Um, Cody and I have been kind of virtual buddies for a while. We've had the opportunity to also attend a, a scouting event together. So um, it's good to have you here, man. It's been too long since we've had you on the show. How are things? Well, you know, things are going well. Life is going well, as, as we just discussed off air. Our kids are pretty much the same age, so we're going through that. Uh, getting ready for the terrible twos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm already, I'm already in them. My guy just turned two, and uh, he's he's a sweet kid. But sometimes, man, when he when he rages, it's it's Hulk time. <laughs> um, but but good to have you here, man. And I, you know, I think. I think you and I have a lot of the same viewpoints on certain things. We're around the same age, I think. Um, And, uh, you know, so we've had similar experiences with the Bengals, but I think we do differ on some other things. So I'm I'm excited to have you just to talk about all kinds of things tonight. This program is available on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play. It's on the Megaphone platform. We are on Spotify uh, so if you are on Spotify, you can check us out there. Uh, we're also on cincyjungle.com and you can get our stuff on YouTube. Just a little sidebar for those of you who are strictly the YouTube subscribers and that's okay, but there is a, a couple of extra audio portions on our feed that are not videos on the YouTube channel. So, um, if you want to make sure you get all of the stuff, definitely keep, keep subscribing to YouTube, but there may be a couple of things, especially these update type of uh, episodes we do, I guess, that uh, may not show up on the YouTube channel. They'll show up on the audio feed, though. So make sure you're subscribing to both and uh, check out all of our material. So, Cody, let's just kick it off, man. Um, a lot of news. It's hard to kind of pinpoint where to start, but I guess since you and I have been pegged 
at times Bengals cynics. Um, <laughs> I, I guess the easy target is to go free agency. I don't want to harp uh, a ton on some of the contracts that were signed last week because we talked about them a little bit, but on last week's episode, but uh, I do want to get your take on really the, the five major guys that they've signed or re-signed at this point. And of course we're talking about uh, in terms of re-signing, we're talking about Tyler Eifert. We're talking about Preston Brown. We're talking about Bobby Hart. Um, you know, we're talking about uh, the contracts to BW Webb. We're talking about, uh, you know, uh, the John Miller, the guard. Um, yeah. I, I guess, I guess start just kind of with the offensive line. I, I'm, I think, you, like most people, were not a fan of the Bobby Hart contract. It does seem to be a bit more manageable than it was at first blush, but your overall take on Bobby Hart and the contract he received as well as what John Miller brings to the table for the offensive line. Yeah, for me, the Bobby Hart thing is more of a – I mean, in the field I work, a, a lot of it's perception, right? And, and, and what kind of perception and what kind of um, – image do you give to the other members of the team that I mean they know who are the top performing players are right and he performs poorly if you go by PFF's grades at all but I mean I think you can just anybody who has two eyeballs watched games and thought that's probably not a great NFL right tackle and then to give him a seven-fold raid raise what does that show an image does that give the other team so somebody who Tyler Boyd, who has a massive year and, and has a breakout year. And then, you know, if you're him, it's like, well, you know, we always get the cap and cash, right? So cap isn't really a problem anymore. The problem for the Bengals is cash, right? Mm-hmm. And these guys would take deals and you've got to pay them. The problem is they're always, you know, top 10 cash spenders. And they tell you that all the time. Well, the reason that is, is because for a guy to take a contract with less guaranteed money, I think they're, if you look at these contracts, it seems like they're having to pay and they're having to overpay a bit to get them to sign on the dotted line because there's no guaranteed money. So I think that's part of it is, well, we don't have to write you a guaranteed check. So cool, I'll take the deal, but I want an extra two million than what I'm worth. And if you think about it like that, you know, they end up spending more. So cool that they're spending their to their cap, but at the same time, are we when we had Ray Maluga on this team for two years past, he should have. It's like you're paying him $7 million to be a run-stuffing defender who isn't in the, in the league anymore. That role is not that important. So why are we paying a linebacker $7 million to, to play that role when you can find somebody else that's similar for $2 million? And I think part of it is they don't want the image of being quote-unquote cheap so they hand out these contracts and they're paying people more than what they're worth. And thus they get to a cap number that looks reasonable. Um, yeah. Everyone's everyone kind of, I mean, the Bobby Hart thing was kind of like a, a breaking point for me. I had to just kind of disappear for a week and just not <laughs> deal with it. I mean, I literally was just like three years, 21 million for a guy who, who literally was a turnstile, you know? So and with the new numbers, it's okay, but we all know that they're not going to, you know, you can tell me all the outs they have with no dead money and then line up the contracts for me. And, and like you said, we've, we've been known as pessimists or, or whatever, but 
I feel like I'm a realist and, and I want to push this team. And, and I know that they, they don't listen to me and say, Oh, Kodakai is talking trash on us on Twitter. We better change our ways, but it doesn't mean I'm going to, so I demand more of them than I know that I'll get because it's just, you know, I, I want to say things they should do. And if they don't do them, that's fine. But that doesn't mean I have to not have the opinion that they should. And, you know, you can tell me that there's outs in his contract, there's outs in Bobby uh, Preston Brown's contracts, but line up the people that they've cut and everyone's going to point to George Iloka. I will swear up and down. There was other things that caused him to get cut. Um, I mean, his play had declined. He was making a lot of money, but I think they just decided they had two strong safeties and he was the more expensive version. I, I don't think that was as much of we had an out with him. Right. And, and, so they don't typically cut guys when they have outs. Ray Maluga, um, uh, Pecco, uh, the list goes on and on and on of players that were being paid more than what that person in that role typically is paid in the NFL. So my thing is they cut perfect, so they got $5.6 million or whatever. So what are you going to do with that money, right? Is that what we spent on Eifert? Um, I like that they brought Eifert back. I'll, I'll, I'll give them kudos for that. And everyone can say he's injury prone and Tyler Iarford and he's going to play two games. Um, all these things are fine. But if you look at the games when he's on the field, Andy Dalton's best when he can make a good pre-snap read. And when you put Tyler Eifert on the field, he's going to get his pre-snap read every time because they're either going to put a corner on him or they're going to put a safety on him. And he's going to know it's cover one, or cover two, or cover three, all based on whoever matches up with Eifert. So it makes Andy Dalton – a more palatable quarterback. I would argue you, you look at the writing on the wall and I think Mo Egger wrote something about it last week. And it's like embrace the tank and the tank doesn't mean you, you, if you do it right, if, if they do what they've done and they've not really been great or bad, we're going to continue to have that for, you know, maybe four or five more years of six to 10 win seasons, no real chance for the championship if they just cut ties with the people. So ask AJ green, here's a contract. We want to extend you for five years. We're going to rebuild next year. And then we're going to try to push for 2021 and, and beyond. Right. That's when we're going to reopen our Super Bowl window. Do you want to take, be a part of that? If he says no, you start to dangle him out and see what you can get for him. Tyler Boyd, here's the plan. You're young. You're part of the core. Here's the contract we want to offer you. And you, you got to, Geno Atkins and, and Carlos Dunlap and everyone can say, oh, they're great players. You don't want to trade them. But I mean, they deserve to have a chance to win if you're going to be rebuilding and they don't think they're going to be able to play on the other half of the window when it opens back up. Right. So you can the Browns were awful. They won zero games 15 months ago. And now they're 14 to one odds to win the Super Bowl. They got their quarterback and they got two years of stacked up uh, young, cheap talent the Bengals could do the same thing. Uh, you know, if I'm the Bengals this year at 11, uh, there's probably, unless one of the top five players happens to be there, I'm, I'm trying desperately to get a 2020 first round pick and I'm trying to get to the twenties okay. and I'm going to take, I'm going to take Andre Dillard. I'm going to take Jonah Williams. I'm going to take uh, Devin Bush. If he's there, I'm going to take um, any of those tackles or, um, linebackers and they're going to be my future plan. And I'm going to take, hope that 2020 pick 
gives me what I need to get my quarterback next year if I need to. And you're talking you're talking about those players if the Bengals moved back from eleven is correct. Well. Yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah. I, so, I think you take whoever's left of your wish list when you are in the mid twenties. There's going to be one of them there. So I, I want to talk. We'll we'll talk about that. Um, we'll talk. Let's talk about that. Um, you know because. There, there are. There's what the Bengals think, and there's what us outsiders of uh, the outsiders of the organization sure. think, see, watch film, all that kind of stuff. So what the Bengals think, they think that between re-signing Uzama, right, and I and I first, so I, I said five contracts earlier. I guess I meant six contracts really yeah. to player between re-signing and, and the two outside guys so far. Between re-signing Uzama and Eifert, they think uh, the 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 assumption they're the the impression they're giving us is that okay we 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 well that and we handled tight end at least for Mm -hmm. now right Uh, everybody in the world has been mocking them Devin Bush and Devin White at number eleven they signed re-signed Preston Brown to a a big you know, pretty big contract for a guy that's a very limited football player. He's good at certain aspects, but he's a limited football player. He's their two down he's, backer. Uh, yeah. Middle linebacker. So then yeah. you go, okay, well, I don't know what that means in terms of them potentially looking at these middle linebackers. And then they sign a right guard and a right tackle uh, to money that, you know, we, we can say what we want about Hart, but yep. to money that shows that They're he's starting. Start, yeah, those guys are starting. John Miller and Hart are going to start. So what where I'm getting where I'm getting to here is, you know, that potentially I don't want to say eliminates, but it lessens the likelihood of a Cody Ford at eleven, of a uh, Jonah Williams at eleven at uh, I think it's a chance. So so I, I can't see him taking an offensive lineman at that pick. I mean, I'm with you. So you, I don't mind the John Miller deal because he's young and he's actually had some years of good tape. Mm-hmm. Bobby Hart is young and there's really not have been ever a year that he's had good tape. He was, <laughs> I mean, it's true though, right? I know, if, I know, I know. If you look at John Miller two years ago, he had some really good tape put together. Right. He was a yeah. third round pick. Bobby Hart wasn't a third round pick. There's a reason why he slid when in his draft. You could replace him for a fifth or sixth round pick and probably get similar production for one tenth of the cost. But, but like you said, they signed those places. So if you look at that pick 11, what if we narrowed that pick down? I mean, it's really quarterback linebacker. That might be it. Yeah. I mean, if that's- you think about it, they're not taking a tight end there anymore. What's what do the Bengals do when there's a deep class? They wait for whatever's there, and in round three, they're taking a tight end or round four. They're taking whoever falls of that that vaunted tight end group, right? That, that's what they've always done. And, uh, you know, I guess the, the corner – let's not let's not rule cornerback out. We know this team and their love for first-round corners. And I think they might be staring at all the top corners and their pick of the litter at eleven. And I could see them taking a corner in yeah. the first round because guess what they're going to get? I think you, that the other thing you have to consider with their first round picks is they want to take guys that they get that extra five year option yep. in a position that on the open market is going to make a ton of money. Yep. Yep. That's a great point. And I think, I think cornerback is now open because I wouldn't pay Darquez 10 million either to play the slot. 
and and the Bengals see him as a slot corner. It's it's pretty obvious of how they played him. He may want to make outside corner money, but he's not going to make that here. So with him gone, you're looking at Dre, who they you know may want to move on from after this year. I, I think cornerback is. I I wish I like everyone. I wish we would be able to bug that room and and the Bengals would tell us what their plan is because then it would make more sense, right? If these signings mean we're Zach, Zach Taylor came and pitched us, look, I'm going to play with Andy Dalton for a year. We're going to put enough wins together and work on my offense so that I can work out some of the kinks of being a new head coach. We're going to trade Andy Dalton, and then we're going to do a quick rebuild, and our plan is to be competitive in 2021. Uh, these deals make a whole lot more sense. You want to sign people when you're on the downtrodden, you want guys locked up so that you're not going out in free agency. What did the Browns have to do for the last eight years? You got to pay the guy two X what he's worth because no one wants to go play there. So if you sign them now, knowing you're going into a rebuild that I can stomach even Bobby Hart's contract. If I knew the plan is we're going to rebuild. So we want guys locked up that are going to play there that are going to be okay, but not be good enough to win us any games that we don't want to win. Then I'm okay with that. Right. But it just, we don't know if their plan is when, I mean, they sign guys that some says when now, some says when in three years. And it's kind of like you, I think we kind of touched this. Are, there, are they treading water and killing themselves by halfway going in and not going all in one way or the other? Yeah, there's some, there's a lot of mixed messages and that's where I'm going next. But I mean, you bring up a good point about cornerback potentially being in the mix. I think defensive line is probably in the mix uh, at number 11 if, if somebody makes sense there. But I, I said this a couple of episodes too. I mean, with the showing that some of the wide receivers had um, and, and you have AJ Green in the last year of his deal. You have Tyler Boyd in the last year of his deal. Both of those guys are going to command some big money. We already, already got a text from a a listener asking about that. We'll try and get to some listener questions later. So, I mean, maybe wide receivers in the discussion there. I don't know, but uh, you know, it's, it's that my point was there's is some major mixed messaging being thrown out because they've signed guys that they technically they fill starting roles either to an adequate level, maybe a below average level to adequate or slightly above average um they're all mostly basically three-year deals which by the way that's when the cba runs out so a lot of people are asking why why do you want to be on the hook for any money right yeah yeah so so, you know depending on what happens there the Bengals are are that's why they're doing a lot of these three-year deals but there's a lot of mixed messaging there and and i think that's where we're going that's where i was going with that but you mentioned the treading water aspect. You and I have seen this team for years. You and I, especially myself, get frustrated with this team every, every time, every year, this time of year, because I see them keep their own. And and a lot of the guys they do keep are talented. There's no doubt about that. I mean, yeah. they, they, they've done a good job of keeping a lot of talented guys that they've drafted, developed, and, uh, you know, and it showed, it especially showed 2011 through 2015. So, I mean, at that point, you can't really complain. But my point is, there's not that extra level of the one or two signings where you go, wow, there's your improvement. Now, Miller Miller appears to be an improvement, but I think, we're, I think we're saying marginal improvement at right guard at best. He's and, the only player they've signed that even has a chance of improving, right? He's the only player. Everybody else is what they had before. 
or, um, you know, a, a guy that he's the only outside guy that really has a chance to, to possibly be an upgrade. So that's, that's where I, that's where I want to go here is, you know, I mean, is, is this the right strategy with a new coach, uh, you know, and, and you kind of say, well, now you've got your free reign in the draft. Maybe you opened it up a little bit, like we just talked about at number 11 or at pick in the second round. Or, or I mean, are they doing him a disservice by not saying, "Hey, man, we'll, we'll get you, we'll get you a splash signing or two. Granted, there are still some big names out there that could be signed on rental deals. We, that that could happen. We've seen the Bengals do that, but I, I don't know. I, I just, I feel like it's, it, it was kind of a, a deflation to usher in the Zach Taylor era when it came to free agency. Was the most talented quarterback the Bengals have ever had on their roster? Who? Yes. Well. Who? I mean, you could say Ken Anderson or Boomer Esiason, but most recently, most recently Carson Palmer, yeah. right? And how did how did they get Carson Palmer? They drafted him number one overall. Yeah, they had the first pick <laughs> because because you look at the the recent uh, quarterbacks, they all got traded up to get, and this team has a propension of wanting to hold on to their picks, and and I would argue that this team has to hold on to their picks. Now, I would argue some of the late picks they don't have to hold on to, but their high capital picks they have to hold on to because they don't sign free agents. You can't give up premium picks because you basically give yourself zero chances for error. So if you need three starters out of every draft, you need your first round, second round, and third round pick. You need to get two from there and then hope you find one in the rest of the draft. Mm-hmm. And if you start giving up those picks to move up, uh, you know, that really handicaps, like you said, is that fair for Zach Taylor? He probably doesn't want to give up any of his picks. I think if Dwayne Haskins or, or Kyler Murray is there at 11, uh, I think he's going to want to take a quarterback. And he can get an Andy Dalton's quarter all he wants. He's going to want his guy. He's going to want a guy with some upside and a guy to hitch his wagon to. And um, the only way that the Bengals are ever going to guarantee their chance at the top quarterback is to be sitting at number one. You think they're going to pay to get from two to one even? You know, like if the year Trevor Lawrence comes out, nobody's trading that. Everyone's like, oh, you can trade up and get him. How are you going to trade up and get him? The team that's there is going to take him. Yeah, you, you, either that or you got to do a Ricky Williams deal, right? I mean, the, the, right. the, the Ditka offer. But even that, so so go through the NFL and think what, what teams would not draft Trevor Lawrence. There's like three. Yeah, because even the you know, even the Colts, it's like, why wouldn't we just take him? Yeah, <laughs> he's worth as much to us just to be owned, and then we'll trade him for a boatload of picks, or we'll trade Andrew Luck. Luck. He turns yeah. out to be great. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I mean, that's the thing is, you know, it's it's hard, like you said, when they're treading water. It's like, what are we doing here? Are we trying to make the playoffs, or are we trying to win the Lombardi Trophy? Yeah, tell me, because if it's if it's about making the playoffs and winning a playoff game, you know, I'm not here for that. I'm here. I want to see them hoist the Lombardi before I'm, they put dirt over my casket. So <laughs> whatever that is, yeah. but I mean, that's the thing, right? It's like I don't want to see a playoff win. Like, cool, you have to win a playoff game to win the Super Bowl. I get that, but as much as a playoff win will be exciting, after it's over, I'm going to want them to win another game. And right. if they don't, it's like, like we, said, we've been down that road. 
How many free agents have they signed that make this team better from what a six-win team was last year? Right, and three straight losing seasons. Some interesting comments in the live YouTube chat. Chris Francis says this draft is stacked at the defensive front seven. That's what they should load up on. Um, Peter Nefis says at 11, the Bengals pick for value unless it really, really doesn't make sense. I think offensive tackle is still in the, in the mix. Um uh, Timber Maniac says Bengals made the playoff six straight seasons and they still uh, aren't, uh, they're still considered a poor destination for free agents. Uh, five, five straight seasons, but that's okay. Uh, Greg Else has got to go linebacker. Emilio Ravello says, hope we get white. Um, and this was, this, this, this was an interesting one from Michael Myers. I think a lot of our players, meaning these guys, I think he's referencing the guys that we, uh, that the Bengals re-signed. I think a lot of our players are better than we think. Mar- uh, Marvin never played guys uh, either because they were too young or not to their respective strengths. I, th- I think that's an interesting comment. I think I think there is some to that. You know, was Marvin maximizing any of the players? So, so even if even if Zach's a, a slight upgrade, maybe you get, but your entire roster gets a little bit better. But but again, even if that is the case. If if why can't he why can't you give him a couple other good upgrades so that when the entire roster gets upgraded, then you upgrade two or three holes he has. Now you have a legit contending team instead of oh well he elevated the roster. Now we're a nine and seven team instead of a six and ten team. You know I mean it's like okay well yes maybe he marginally makes them all better, but does that give you a chance to really make some noise in the playoffs? So, I mean, I agree. I think they could still – and that's the thing. We don't know their plan. If their plan is three years from now, they might still take an offensive tackle. They might take best player available. I think you're right. With a defensive line, if if Ed Oliver's there, I'm going to the podium to get him. Do I think he's going to be the next great thing? No, but he's one of the last blue chippers that could be there if Devin White's not there that has the chance to be a home – like a a whole different home run kind of – uh, X factor player. You yeah. put him next to Gino, and good luck double teaming both of them. If you watch some of Ed Oliver's college tape, there's one play I was watching the other day. Four guys blocking him. Two <laughs> <laughs> guys on him. The the he, he's he's lined up in the in the gap between the the guard and the center. Those guys are blocking him. The guard on the other side is is watching him from there, and then the running back chips him. I'm like, how's he expected to produce? Um, so, you know, I think the whole coat thing was kind of much ado about nothing. And, and I don't see any character concerns with a guy who wants to wear a coat when it's cold. And his, obviously there was some rift between him and his coach that went beyond that, I think. So, yeah. But he, he does appear to be an exciting player. Uh, this is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. He's Cody Toomey our guest host for this week. And I am Anthony Kazenza. It's good to have uh, our, our good, uh, our good friend Cody here. You can get this show on iTunes. You can get it on Stitcher on Google play. You can get it on Spotify. You can also get it on a megaphone platform as well as on YouTube and at Cincy 
Com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Uh, we'll kind of talk about this just for a little bit here, Cody. What do you think now in turn? It's, it's almost as if with these signings that we talked about, the Brown, Hart, Eifert, Uzama, it's almost as if these desperate needs kind of turned into now, the draft needs kind of turned into now, hmm, we kind of want that position. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, desperate needs kind of turned into like high level wants, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, and we all know, I'm going to ask about positions that you think they should start that are now based on what they've done in free agency, you know, kind of tier the positions of, of need in your eyes. But what's going to be interesting is there, there are, there's the Andy Dalton line in the sand group, right? And there are some people <laughs> who are saying absolutely quarterbacks, the number one, number one position that they need, all that kind of stuff. And then there are the people who say, well, you can no, get the other positions first build around. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm, I am interested. And Oh, by the way, speaking of quarterback, have you noticed that the Bengals have not had any activity in terms of hosting free agent quarterbacks or any, anything of that nature. So as maybe it may be predictable, but it does seem as if Zach Taylor is probably going to draft some sort of either developmental guy or a guy to bring to, to be the heir apparent to Andy Dalton at some point in this year's draft. But that being said, Cody, your kind of some of your the Bengals' biggest positions now that are still up there in terms of need or high level want <laughs> uh, as they go into the next month. So I'll say one quick thing too on the quarterback. <clears throat> I agree with you. I think it's either pick eleven or one of those later picks, day three, uh, for a quarterback. Uh, I, I have heard some rumors. There's a third quarterback the Bengals could have their eye on in that area. I think everybody knows Drew Locke's kind of the next tier. Um, I know uh, someone that uh, is sitting in a pick in the top 10, and when they ask their contacts uh, who might jump them to try to get a quarterback, the the guy said the Bengals, and he was specifically talking about Drew Locke. So um, mm. he's the guy that would concern me a lot. It would it would look like to me just a kind of a panic. Everyone wants a new quarterback, so let's just take one because we got a new coach, and we're going to have to do that. But I mean, that's going to be the shocker on draft day if pick eleven rolls around and they pick Drew Locke. I think the pitchforks are coming out. Um, now some will be happy, right? Like, anything but Andy. You, you can. You could draft a, a seventh round projected quarterback talent at pick eleven, and thirty percent of this Bengals fan base would be excited 
because they would say no more Andy Dalton, right? Now I don't, I'm not to that point, but I, but I think you know some people just want a, a full clean change, right? And but but I think when you look at the positions, like we said, we, we we've checked off some of the things you might consider as like have to haves because before before they resigned Hart and before they signed Miller, you were thinking somebody who's a guard, the Andrew Whitworth plan, right? Take a guy who played college tackle that they think might be a guard. You can play him at guard for a year and then maybe swing him out or you can keep him in there and you got a pro bowl guard, right? So the Bobby Hart's, the – not Bobby Hart's, um, Cody Ford's. Cody, uh, Cody Ford fits that mold yeah, for sure, yeah. Cody Ford, um, even a guy like Jonah Williams. Um, and then you've got the guys like Andre Dillard that – really good in pass protection, needed some work, and their run protection came from more of a spread type of offense. So he might have some more development that he needs. Maybe that's a guy they target at there. But I think, I think we, I mean, I think you look at it, it's, it's firmly planted into like linebacker quarterback or, or cornerback, I think is, is pick 11 Mm. written all over it unless they move out. Now it would be shocking for them to take a tight end, even though there's some tight ends in this class that, that might go that high. Um, again, I think ideal case scenario for them in, in my mind is to try to move back. I think they should hope that one of these top guys slides to them. So if Devin White's not there, you try to get to 15, stay ahead of Pittsburgh and then just get an extra pick and take Devin Bush there and, and, and you solve your linebacker problem. Um, or you go all the way down, see if the Raiders want to come up. They've got a couple of first round picks. They might give you next year's first round pick. And that actually might be a top 10 pick. <laughs> so see if somebody in the mid to late twenties wants to come all the way up and give you a first rounder next year too. And then some, right. So give, if you're not going to give Zach Taylor free agents, give him draft picks. Yeah. And obviously the, as you alluded to earlier, the Bengals love their draft capital. Uh, they, yep. they, they love to hoard it. Um, I mean, I, I or a pick, a pick swap too. I mean, like Darren Lee uh, is a, is a linebacker that I think is someone the Bengals should try to be target. You know, the jets pick ahead of them. I wouldn't swap my first for their second for him. But, you know, if you did a pick swap trade for, you know, whatever, a linebacker that somebody was trying to get rid of and you move to the teens to pick up a veteran that you know can produce, you know, that's something that the, I think the like the Cordy Clinn kind of move. It's move down a few spots, get a player that you know is proven, and then you end up with two kind of first-round picks. Essentially. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, speaking of the linebacker spot, uh, I, I think that, one of the Devons is probably going to end up in Pittsburgh. I mean, I, I think if there are two teams that absolutely need linebackers the most in this draft, it's probably the Bengals and the Steelers. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, these teams are in a, a bad way at that position. And, uh, you know, they run a little bit of a, a different defensive scheme. So their profile might be different. But since the Steelers lost Ryan Shazier, I, I think they are – needing uh, definitely some linebacker help, as are the Bengals, obviously. And they saw what kind of impact he had. You know, yep. with him not being there, they saw a huge impact in tight ends versus them and, and over-the-middle stuff. Yeah. And obviously the Bengals signed Preston Brown. Uh, but as we do know, 
And we'll talk about this in a few minutes anyway, but uh, the Bengals did let go of uh, basically a guy who could have been a starter for them in Vontez Perfect. So now you cut, you have a, a one or two down player as your middle linebacker that's re-signed. Um, you have an opening at the weak side spot. You've got, you know, Nick Vigil, Nick Vigil Jordan Evans. You got this kind of mix of guys. I mean, to me, if I if I'm looking at the Bengals' draft needs, I still think overall, in terms of level of talent, that is at a position in the uh, the open spots and the the lack of depth. I still think linebacker is up there in terms of need. Uh, yep. I think it's probably at the top. Uh, I, I think you know. Often- I think they have to end up with two linebackers by the fifth round. I agree. I agree. Yeah, and you almost have to go back into it later. Yeah, uh, a guy Brian Cashman's a guy that I think is pretty athletic. Doesn't look athletic on tape. Pretty sure tackler, shorter arms. Doesn't have all the measurables. Out of Minnesota, nobody knew who he was. He lit up the combine. Everyone went back and watched his tape, and it's like, dude doesn't look athletic on tape, but he tests athletic. So, you know, uh, he's one of those guys that's probably going to end up in day two now. Maybe if you get lucky, early day three. Um, but I mean, if you end up with a guy like him or. Um, Gary Johnson's a guy from Texas. Uh, I, I have a feeling that they won't go there because of the Malik Jefferson thing and, and how that hasn't looked like it's worked out. I think, you know, his college teammate might get a little bit uh, punished unfairly <laughs> by the Bengals, you know, because, you know, you would, you just went there and picked a guy and it, it hasn't worked out. Did you want to go back to that? Well, um, so, um, um, uh, but I think that you got to end up with two linebackers by your fifth round pick. I really do. Whether that's you take one in the third and fourth round or, or whatever it is, uh, I think you got to end up with two. And, and I'd be okay with them taking Devin Bush. Like honestly, I would try to trade down. But if if you can't get anything else, and, and he's the best player you have besides, you know, if Ed Oliver's gone, Devin White's gone, you're, the top tackles are gone, and he's the best thing you got left there at eleven. I mean, I'd just go ahead and take him. He's got smooth hips. He can cover. He can play weak side backer for you. Um, his pro day, at the pro day, he looked really smooth, and they had him do some of the defensive back drills and, like, the hip the hip, the hip, hip turn drill and hip turn and go. I mean, he has got some smooth hips, and, you know, it's weird to say that about another man, but, uh, you know, it, he looks like a defensive back the way he moves. Um, so – he could be your weak side cover linebacker. And and I think he, he starts right away and gives that to you. So, I mean, I think that's where you look. And I think I would have had them double dip at tight end. I don't know that they will now because the second guy is probably going to be one of those six round picks that you can sneak onto the practice squad. But, um, you know, you never know if Eifert, and I hate to say that he's the, the crazy part about him is it's not like it's hamstrings and stuff that, you know, that really are nagging. It's, it's the crazy, I mean, it all started with a, a, the weirdest tackle and then putting his hand down in the Ravens game. And I've never seen someone put their hand down and their elbow do what it did. Buckle. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's just bad luck, I think. So I hope he stays healthy. He's one of my favorite players. I remember running around my living room excited when they drafted him. So <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta hope for the best there for him uh, in that unlucky streak ends. But um, I think I think linebacker tops the list still as a need. I do think quarterback is up there because whether or not you're an Andy Dalton guy or you aren't, 
the Bengals are in need of a backup quarterback, yeah. and whether that's a backup quarterback they think is a simply a safe guy that can come in and win games if Andy Dalton is out for a, a, a short period of time, or a guy that they think can develop into the next franchise quarterback, somewhere in between, I don't know. But that, that is a need, um, and, and I don't know if it's a need at 11, but it is a need, and it, and there are guys beyond – the Kyler Murray's, Drew Locks, Dwayne Haskins that that they could look at, and then I think defensive line is also in there as a, as a need as well as a, 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 like I mentioned, wide receiver. I think that that is more of a long term need yep. because you have some uh, you have some uh, you have contract. I think it's a bigger need than people want to admit. Yep, a contract uncertainty with Green and Boyd. There was a rumor about John Ross being floated around with a trade that has since dissipated. And then behind him, you've got Josh Malone, Cody Corr, and, and, and Alex Erickson. Erickson's pretty much a special teams guy. So I, I just think that that's – Malone has shown nothing. Um, Cody Corr hasn't caught a pass, and I don't even remember. <laughs> um, I mean, he really – he's mostly a special teamer too, right? He's he's their special teams ace. Um but when you look at receiver, it's like, okay, so John Ross, are they going to give him his fifth-year option? So you might have – you've got Boyd and, and Green's contracts come up after this year, and then Ross the year after, if they don't pick up his on contract, I mean, his contract, he's a top-10 pick. His fifth-year option is going to be, what, 11 12 $13 million? Yep. He's going to have to show something the next two years for that to be worth it. Now, some would argue they almost always pick those up and just pay it, even if it's overpaid. But if he's giving you very little, you need something there because AJ is thirty, going to be thirty-one, and you know how many more years of peak AJ we've started to see him get more injuries than used to. Um, and I think cornerback and uh, wide receiver are a bigger need than people are willing to admit. I mean, we love to look at our favorite team's roster and go, oh, it's just a little here, a little there, you know, put a Band-Aid here and a Band-Aid there, and, and we're good. But we're closer to being a 3-13 and 13 team than a 13-3 and three team. I mean, it's just the truth. You've got one really good corner – Another guy who's a liability a bit, Andre, with penalties. And um, even though he's been better in coverage, he's got the penalty issues. I mean, I think they're okay at safety. I really don't. I really think safety is probably their position that they have the least need at. Um, yeah. Yeah. John Williams is a solid player. Jesse Bates is a good young player. You, you're really only going to play two unless you're going to go to a three safety look. Um, they could use another edge rusher. Uh, especially with Anarumo saying, you know, five down, which got me very excited. Some of the defensive fronts he's talking about, it's like, cool, run some odd fronts, run some things, that, two fives and five twos that cause the other team, you force their hand, right? They want to run a gap zone gap scheme. Cool. We're going to run a five, two, and we're going to put five down linemen and you don't know which one's coming and which one's not. And, uh, so with that, you want more pure edge rushers, right? And there's been some hints to some three, four switching in the base, which is, it's not going to be a lot of snaps, but still might be something where they want some extra linebackers or, you know, maybe that's the way Anaruma looked at Malik. Maybe that's why he couldn't find a defensive coordinator because he wants somebody that takes Malik Jefferson and says, look, dude's super athletic. Seems like he's struggling to pick up the playbook. 
do what they did in Texas. Stick them in the A-gap and tell them to go get the quarterback. Stick them here and, and use his athleticism to his advantage instead of what the Bengals have done forever with Marvin is kind of like, well, here's our scheme. Learn how to play in our scheme. Here's your traits that are good. I mean, I mean, look at Marquise Flowers. He leaves here and everyone's like, this guy can't even play. He goes to New England and gets like eight sacks in four games or whatever. It was something crazy, right? Because Belichick's like, dude, super athletic, go off the edge, rush the quarterback. And just do that with Malik Jefferson then and start to get some value back out of him while he's learning how to play the position you want him to play. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's my only thing is just having a plan – and, and, and it changes everything because we don't know what that plan is. But they've got needs everywhere except for running back. You could argue they still probably need a third-string running back. I would have cut Mark Walton, but maybe that makes me a jerk. Um, yeah. Showed very little, and I don't want uh, – I won't even get into that. So. <laughs> uh, it, it's interesting you mentioned – about the plan you mentioned, you know, about the, you know, throw a couple band-aids on the roster. This is something I just, you know, just to kind of close this segment here, this is something I've kind of been thinking about a lot is that, you know, the optimistic Bengal fan says, Hey, you know, like, like you mentioned, Cody, let's just get a couple of pieces here. Resign some of these talented guys. We weren't healthy last year at some very critical spots. That's true. And if they stay healthy this year, draft well under a new regime, there's some more innovative minds on the coaching staff. That'll fix things. There's truth to that. But there's also the hard reality that Andy Dalton has been on IR two of the last four seasons. Uh, He's ended the season on IR two of the last four seasons. A.J. Green, two of the last three seasons. Tyler Eifert, each of the last two seasons. Those are some of your best players on offense. And – you know, you're saying, hey, if they're healthy, if they're healthy, <laughs> which they should be. Well, <laughs> I mean, it, it, yeah. It, and Tyler Boyd's missed time. Joe Mixon's missed time. It's exactly. the NFL. Dudes are going to get I – mean, if they stay healthy, no teams stay healthy. The reason why 2015 was so crazy is that they made it through 10 weeks pretty much with like Minimal. unscathed. Minimal. Like yeah. nobody in the starting lineup that was of significance and their backup was a huge drop off got hurt for any significant amount of time. That yep. just doesn't happen. And, and what happened all of a sudden in two weeks, it's like, you know, Dalton goes down, everyone goes down and, and then it unraveled fast. Yep. And uh, it's 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 a if it does work that these guys stay healthy, yeah, they're going to win games because yep. those are talented players. But yep. it is a very very big risk to sit there and rest your laurels on and on these guys potentially being healthy when that really hasn't been so much the case. And then you're not doing much in free agency in terms of outside help to better your roster at this point. So that's that's kind of where a little bit of frustration comes in on my end, I'm sure, uh, as well as Cody. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
Speaking of the linebackers being a need, the group being uh, beleaguered, both in terms of last year's performance and injuries and all of that, um, and the state of it this year, the Cincinnati Bengals have released Vontez Perfect. The move saves over $5 million of cap space. It was, for some, a move that was expected. For some, it was a move that was a little shocking. You know, maybe they thought that he would get a shot with the new coach. But the move saves money. We'll talk about some options as to where that money will go in just a second. But your thoughts, just just kind of reminisce about the guy, I guess, Cody. Uh, your thoughts on him being gone, his roller coaster of a tenure with the mm-hmm. Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, for those who don't know, we, we took the air on Tuesday night this week, a, a special day and time. Um, right before we hit the air, Vontez Perfect signed a one-year deal with the Raiders. So he's reuniting with Paul Gunther as, you know, that's pretty predictable. But that being said, he's no longer a Bengal. Your thoughts on number 55 and uh, the, the, the peaks and valleys with this guy, man. Right. I mean, I, I'm a, a Vontez Perfect uh, jersey owner. You know, he was one of my favorite players. Um, you know, comes in as an undrafted free agent. Marvin Lewis legitimately tells him at his pro day, we're not going to draft you, but if we, if you don't get drafted, we want you to come here. (laughs) And, you know, he ends up here and, um, he was the first Bengal I think that didn't play scared of the Steelers for me. Right. In, in my, like, you know, there were other players that on offense, you know, Whitworth wasn't scared of them, but I'm talking about defensive players that just said, you know what? And this was before the game. I mean, the game has changed so much since he even started just, you know, six, seven, eight years ago. Right. I don't even know. What has he been? Seven years? 2012, um, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, look how much the game has evolved in. In 2012, when he came in as an undrafted free agent, I just remember seeing him fly all over. And I'm like, this is the guy in Arizona that was Arizona state that wasn't fat. And now that he's in shape, like he's, he's doing what he can do. And he was so good and anticipating. He wasn't super athletic, but his anticipation was so good. He was just like, boom, there's the ball. He's right on it. And seeing him the first couple times we played the Steelers when he just was, you know, giving him licks that, dude, why do the Steelers hate Vontez perfect? Why do Steelers fans call him the dirtiest player in the earth? Well, first of all, they don't look at their own players in the same light. But but second of all, it's because he did to them what they have done to us for the last 20 years. And they didn't like it. And he wasn't scared of giving them what they were getting. And they knew there was when when Burfecht was on his game, um, the Steelers knew he could change the game in any second. And they didn't. They cheap shot at us just as much as before, but they knew they were going to get their payback if they did it. And Tez was going to be the one that did it. So, I mean, I'll never forget seeing him run through that tunnel and thinking, you know, we've slayed the dragon of playoff win and we did it against the Steelers greatest day of all time. And then 30 seconds later, (laughs) worst day of all time. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that really, Really, that and, that sequence of events was was really a microcosm of Perfect's career. I mean, right? He, he basically saved the game with a clutch interception. He was he hurt, beating he up Roethlisberger yeah. to get him back into it on a clean hit. They can call that dirty all they want, 
clean as can be, lands on him, and then perfect. Uh, uh, Ben comes back, he can't throw at all, and, you know, Tez gets him. So we're up, down, up, down, all within a sequence of four or five minutes of the game, like you said. Such a microcosm. And, and then everyone goes, well, if, if, if Phil hadn't – if Hill hadn't fumbled, Burfick would have never hit A.B., and this would have never happened, and he would be a different Bengal and Light. I'm like, well, Hill did fumble. <laughs> we don't get the chance to rewind time. And he still – Man, he hated that team so much. He couldn't. He couldn't stop. That was his problem. Is he didn't know where to draw the line when it got dirty. And you know that the geo hit was made him angry in that game, and he was out. I mean, he he was trying to hurt Antonio Brown. Let, I mean, let's call it what it is. It's pretty obvious. Did he want to do to him what he did? No, I don't. I don't believe that he wanted to hurt him as bad as he did, but I think he wanted to get Antonio Brown off the field so they couldn't come back and win the game. That's just how he's wired. I don't know him personally, obviously, but to me, it just seems like that's how he's wired. Take their best player out. I'm a linebacker. That's what we do. Well, I mean, there's a track record of that, and and uh, it may be a little easier to admit that now that he's not a Bengal anymore, but we saw him twist the ankle of Cam Newton in, a, yeah. in, in, uh, in the pile. We saw him take unnecessary hits to Max Williams, the the Baltimore tight end, and uh, in the preseason that got him suspended uh, to the Chiefs running back. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it got to – and it really, I guess, was after 2015 where it just started to get to a point where you're going, what are you doing, dude? I mean, you you accept when, you, when he made the Pro Bowl and he yeah. was largely available and making plays. I mean, you saw him in that first game against the Steelers. That was like 13-7. to 7. The Bengals won. I think Bell – that was the game Bell went out yeah. with an injury. Yeah. Um, you saw – Clean the, tackle, by the way. It was. Clean he, tackle. He had he had been out of the lineup until that game, and you saw just the difference that him being there had had made. Obviously, he was a big difference maker in both the positive and the negative in the playoff game, but largely throughout that game, the positive. Oh, um, if, if if we if Hill doesn't fumble, he probably is the MVP of that game, and and they're writing about how a middle linebacker took over a football game. Right. AJ McCarron could not move the ball for three quarters. Right. Um, and, and I, 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 I don't know. I, I just, I, I saw, and it really, this was what happened with the rest of the Bengals after that loss, nobody, especially veterans who had been on that team for a while, nobody was the same. Nobody no. played the same. Nobody. I, I mean, even, I hate to say this, but I mean, even in 2016, you look at the offensive line play with Andrew Whitworth. That was not one of Andrew Whitworth's best years. Um, he didn't play the same. Adam Jones didn't play the same. Vontez Perfect didn't play the same. Nobody played the same after that loss. And I don't think they ever fully recovered from that. Perfect, especially. And and then you saw him towards the later years of his, of his Bengals career, really just where you go, oh, man, you, you kind of not only missing tackles and stuff. The baggage when the talent outweighed it. Yep. When and it started to get equal, you were just like, dude, what are you doing? What yep. are you doing? Yep. And what that's are you doing out there? I mean, he's like getting in Kelsey's face before the play's even over when they are playing the Chief last year. Like, come on, dude, play the game. Right. And, and unfortunately, that's where they were at, um, you know, with this situation. Um he is now an Oakland Raider, which is which is predictable. 
uh, <laughs> in terms of the signing. Uh, and, and I guess, play, and I guess if you want to say player player profile, I, I mean, I guess that uh, given the given uh, Raider Nation's proclivity to um, sit right in the, in the back hole. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I guess where I want to go now, I mean, we we can we can reminisce for a long time about perfect, but where I want to where I want to take this is where is this extra money best spent? Um, now it's not a lot, but is it worth spending on a, um, and forgive me, I haven't looked quite yet at the most updated recent free agent availability uh, as we sit here on Tuesday night, but uh, I haven't heard a deal for Indomic and Sue. I haven't heard a deal for, you know, some of these guys that the Bengals may be able to get for a rental rental deal. What about the uh, linebacker, Zach? Um, yeah, Zach Brown, um, you know, that's, I don't think he's been picked up anywhere. So I, I guess, should this money be used? And we've gotten a couple comments about it in the YouTube chat as well. Should this money be used on an outside free agent acquisition, possibly in the rental deal mode for for one, maybe two years, or is the team best served to use this money towards re-signing Tyler Boyd and or AJ Green and or William Jackson and you know these guys whose deals are coming due that they usually like to get done in the summer? Uh, I just got a text from Jeff Hobson. He said it's going to be used for the uh, rookie. Rookie pool of money. Uh, he, he needs to save that for the rookie pool. The in-season in injury windfall, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, that always I, me I, up. I, so I love like, Those 10 that. rookies make the team. They surplant veterans who are making more than them. So stop it. Um, anyways, um, yeah, I'm using it to try to get uh, Zach Brown, the linebacker from the Bills. I'm going to try to say, here's the money. It's already spent, so hey, what's a one-year deal? <laughs> Might as well replace a knucklehead with a guy who also has some history being a little bit of a knucklehead, and, and maybe there's some upside there, and they catch lightning in a bottle, and, and Zach Brown comes here and, and gets squared away with some, some better. Because I think in Buffalo, things were kind of bad um, for the team for a while, so you know, he wasn't there his whole career, but I think maybe some of his knucklehead stuff came from, you know, you're on a losing team and you might idle hands are the devil's playground. Right. So when you're losing a lot of games, you know, you're less likely to care if you take a cheap shot on somebody, right. Cause you're not really worried about winning the game. So, I mean, that's where I would take it. Um, I don't think Sue's going to take, I think Sue's going to look for, uh, he did a mercenary deer last year on a one year. So, I could see him trying to get another long-term deal. Uh, I don't know that he'll get one, but I think he might be looking for more than one year. Who knows? Maybe he wants to just do one at a time. Here's the one thing that I never understood is why don't the Bengals, if if these guys, and they don't want to give out guaranteed cash, right, why don't they sign some of these big free agents? Cool. Sign them for a one-year deal and overpay them by $5 bucks. You value comp pick so much, do what the Patriots do. Sign these guys or trade for them in the last year of their deals, make them look really good for a year, and then get a real comp pick like a third rounder or a fourth rounder instead of, you know, three sixth rounders. Like, what are you going to do with three sixth rounders? As we're sign one of these guys that wants, you know, hey, a prove it deal, get them in. And then if they walk, who cares? If they walk, you get a third round pick and you got a year of production out of them. That's you know, and that's one thing that I kind of wish they would do if they don't want to pay guaranteed money. I mean, the guys, if he signs a one-year deal, it's all pretty much guaranteed. You're not going to cut him before camp. So, 
overpay him by a couple million dollars and bring him in on a one-year deal. And if yeah. he leaves, he leaves. Yeah, um, Darrell, Darrell Rivas was the king of that a couple of years ago. Yeah. The Patriots like got a, a third-round pick for him too, right, after they yeah. brought him in. So, I mean, that's the thing is, heck, you could sign a guy like that and if the season goes bad, you might be able to trade him in season and get a pick for the next year. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm going to try to use that money to get a linebacker uh, like Zach Brown. If not, um, I, I think I'm going to Tyler Boyd right now before he has another season and saying, Hey, let's, let's, let's make this a long-term commitment. And if you need that for his bonus, uh, you know, guaranteed money, then, then take it. I mean, if I'm Tyler Boyd, when the Bengals come walking, I just laugh. If that's me, I'm going to get seeing some of the deals these guys are getting in free agency. I'm betting on myself. If I'm him, his trajectory is headed in the right direction. Well, shameless plug. We had we interviewed Tyler Boyd a couple times in uh, January, and he did say he wants to stay with the Bengals. Um, that could be very well player speak. Uh, sure. AJ, AJ Green has mentioned that he also wants to stay with the team long term, but obviously m- money talks, and we know what else walks. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think it has to go to an extension to. Uh, I would agree with you. Uh, you know, a rental deal to a, a position of need like linebacker, uh, especially for a young a guy a little bit younger, Zach Brown. Um, I think he's only been in the league a handful of years. He's got a little bit of a, uh, I don't know, personality clash issue. I guess. Uh, yeah. Heard. I, I think. I think he was with the Redskins last year where there were some issues. But yeah. Um, you know, but uh, you know, if you have him for a year and and he can come in and be an athletic guy and produce for you. You know why not? Uh, and, and I think that's that's money that's decently well spent. And then, or or you know, you put it to Boyd. That's um, then you're not pigeonholed at eleven if one of the linebackers is staring at you that you have to take him. Yep. You yep. know, it, it, it's one of those things. The the only thing I don't like about the John Miller signing, if we want to go back to that a little bit, is it, it gives them no flexibility with Billy Price. Um, I kind of wanted them to have some flexibility in this draft. There's a couple good center prospects. And I was hoping that, you know, maybe if one of those guys slides and they're staring at him in round three, you can bring in a guy like that. And then it gives you the ability to move price to right guard. Now we all know what they should do, what the Bengals will do. They're never going to admit they're wrong one year into it. Right. They, they right. just don't. They're, you know, same thing. I think we talked about you know, when they sign these free agents, should that stop them from drafting a right tackle? Should it? Absolutely not. Will it? Absolutely. They're not paying Bill, Bobby Hart, $7 million to get beat out by a rookie in camp. And, and I guess, I guess maybe we don't know because part of that was Marvin. Marvin avoided confrontation or uh, conflict with players in the media going, Hey, this guy looks great in practice. Why isn't he playing more like the plague? Right? So he wouldn't want a right tackle to come in because it, if you draft Jonah Williams at 11, let me just tell you a little secret. In camp, he's going to look better than Bobby Hart at right tackle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's probably true. And uh, then what, you're going to play a guy on the bench seven million to sit around. They're not doing that, right? That's just not the only time I can really remember that happening. And this is going in the way back machine. Is uh, I believe it was 2002 when the Bengals signed Richmond Webb, uh, left tackle, 
and uh, you know they paid him a decent amount of money, and then they drafted Levi Jones that year, and uh, the, t- the season was getting out of control, and then they played Levi Jones. So, uh, and Levi Jones ended up being a pretty good left tackle for the team. And, so. and they got in 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 the the draft people last. Oh, they got raked over the coals. Yeah, they got raked and over they the coals. Levi Jones. I remember Kuiper just you know about fell out of his chair laughing. Right. So. Yep. Well, shows you how much the draft is a crapshoot, though. Too that's, right. That's right. That's absolutely right. Well, we, we kind of went on a different tangent there, but Vontez Perfect is no longer with the Bengals. They have an opening at their weak side linebacker, starting weak side linebacker spot as we sit here right now. And the Bengals are five million or so richer in terms of cap space and whatnot. Perfect is now a Raider on a one-year deal. And uh, I think I, I did throw out, just to kind of end the segment, I did throw out on our Twitter account a uh, a poll to our listeners, um, basically was the release of Vontez perfect, the right move for the Bengals. 86% of the voters said yes, 5% said no, and 9% says depends on uh, basically the acquisitions that they use it on. So sure. uh, vast, vast majority said it was time to move on. So, And there's still the, the 2015 perfect. If you look at the comments on Cincy Jungle's posts when they post them on Facebook and all that stuff, there's always two or three guys oh, this is a terrible move. He's the heart of the defense. I'm like, have you watched the game the last two years? I mean, he's averaging two tackles a game. He's not the guy that we all remember. I mean, his his lure got so big, and it was like he was this superhero, and then his fall was so fast. It was it was actually pretty crazy, and I, I worry about him, honestly, physically, mentally, uh, et cetera. I mean, the amount of concussions that guy's had documented is is high. And you know that he's had issues with leading with his head and how he tackles for longer than that. So there's probably more than that. And, and I and I legitimately care about his health. And that's my real concern with him. Is like it was scary to see him last year when he was getting a con- when he got that concussion late in the season. It's just like you know, what's the varsity blues guys just like, man, how many, more off, these, right? yeah, how many more of these can he take? Right. And it's like, you, you worry about him and his mental health and his, his, he's got a, you know, kids and what have you, his life going after football. Yeah. He, uh, it, it be, it became a deal where he was almost, uh, you know, especially last year when he was on the field, he was missing more tackles than he was making in a game. And that's just, it's just, uh, it doesn't work. Um, he couldn't play in the new NFL because he 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 tried to play how he thought he needed to play to not get fined, and that wasn't his style of football. Yep, you know. Yep. So. Well, this is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. We've talked about a number of topics tonight. We're going to try and get to a couple of listener questions. We're running a tiny bit long. You can try it. We already got a text. You can try and get at us at 949-542-6241. We'll try and maybe take a call or two. We, Like I said, we've got some texts, but uh, this is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. You can get this show on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play, on Spotify, on the Megaphone platform. You can also get it at cincyjungle.com and on YouTube. Go subscribe to our channels, leave us a rating, and uh, follow us on Twitter at BengalsOBI. And, uh, yeah, we, we appreciate all the feedback. We appreciate all the listeners and all of the interaction we receive both throughout the week as well as when we record live. 
um, going forward. Uh, Cody, that one of the texts we got on the, uh, the OBI line um, is it's kind of a two pronged question. Um, I, I don't want to, I don't want to talk too long about the first part of it because we did talk about this last week on last week's episode, but basically seeing what an AJ green trade would net and if it's worth it this year um, my standpoint was, you know, when, when he's healthy, he's one of the best in the league. And uh, it, it, whether you're sticking to Andy Dalton or whether you are bridging to a new quarterback, you are doing either of them a major disservice by getting rid of A.J. Green sure. um, at this point. So If you get rid of I, Green, you might as well start a full rebuild. Right. And that's that's – I kind of said hang on to him. You know, if you if you extend Boyd, you can maybe franchise AJ for one more year. Yeah, it's expensive, but then you got to maybe for this year, for next, and then you can maybe talk about moving on from him or what have you. I just think, regardless of how the Bengals are treating the quarterback position this year, I think you need to keep AJ Green. Your thoughts, and I don't. I also don't think the Bengals are going to get what the what the Giants got for OBJ. So, no. um, I, I at that from that standpoint, you kind of go, is it even worth it? Right. I mean, I think you look at the Antonio Brown trade and the OBJ trade, and you probably are somewhere right in the middle of those two, right? It's not a knucklehead as much as Brown with the off the off field baggage, whether it be the speeding things and the and the locker room and just he basically said to the Steelers, I'm going where I want to go. And they're like, No, you're not. And then he made it so impossible for them to trade him anywhere else. They they got less for him, right? Um to the point of where they had a deal struck with the Buffalo Bills. And then he was like, fake news. And Buffalo's like, hell yeah, it's fake news now because, you know, we're not trading for somebody who said he's not going to show up to camp, which is what some of the reports were. Um, so for me, uh, you're probably somewhere in the middle. You'd probably be lucky to get a second round pick. And, and if that pick comes from the Patriots, it's really a third round pick. Um, and because of AJ's age and his contract situation, you don't have the leverage as you do in the OBJ trade. Um, so if somebody doesn't give me a first round pick, I'm not talking about trading AJ green, unless he just tells me quiet. And AJ green would never do what Carson Palmer did, where he said, I'm retiring or you're trading me. Right. But I could see AJ green going in there quietly to Katie and Troy and saying, Hey, look, looks like things aren't going to turn around here soon maybe it's time for me to find a new home and, and let them find a, a suitor for him uh, quietly so they can get as much back. Cause I think he does care about the organization uh, and would try to like, at least get, let them get what they could for him. Uh, I, I'm all on board at keeping him, even with a rookie quarterback, I, I want him there for that as long as I can keep him and keep Tyler Boyd. Um, because I think you want to keep them both. And then you've got a decision to make on John Ross in two years, but that at least gets you through. They're taking a quarterback high either this year or next year. Let's just, let's just face it. The Andy Dalton situation has to be solved. I cannot see this organization lining up and signing Andy Dalton for $25 million. I just can't see it. Maybe they, maybe they shock me and and maybe he takes no guaranteed money hardly. And, and, but are we really going to sign up to Dalton for 25 mil a year for four or five more years? I cannot see this team shelling out a $120 million contract. I just can't do it. I I just don't think they have the cash to do it. Um, 
you know, 40 million guaranteed, they're, they're, they're struggling to write five or $6 million guaranteed things. So they're going to cut him a check for, which by the way, if I'm, if the owners really care about an evil, even playing field and, and the small market owners, the next CBA, the thing they should fight for is that whole escrow thing. It's such an antiquated rule, right? It was made for when they were worried the teams were going to default on payment. Let me just tell you something. Some owners are richer than others, but they're all filthy rich and they're not bouncing checks. <laughs> the AAF might be bouncing checks or worried about bouncing checks, but the NFL is, is printing money. They might as well put a mint in Roger Goodell's office and let him just print U.S. currency. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that rule is antiquated, and I think that would help teams like the Bengals, like the Packers, like some of the other the Raiders that it's not about the cap. It's about having to put cash in a bank account that they don't have. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I'm keeping AJ unless uh, somebody comes up and says, hey, we'll give you an OBJ type of deal, a, a good player, a high pick, and another pick. And I don't think you can get that for him. Yep. And the other, the other question from uh, the, the listener here was uh, basically about AJ McCarron. I, I you know, I, I kind of don't want to address that really because it's, I mean, it's kind of like, well, we're, we're talking about, it, it's, it's, it's easy fodder to talk about, I guess, because he was a Bengal and the Bengals have a mm-hmm. backup quarterback and you kept Dalton and all this. But I mean, there are some other stuff with, you know, Brian Callahan was, was the quarterback <laughs> coach in Oakland when McCarron was there last year. Um, you know, there, there are some connections there, but um, overall, I, I don't see the need uh, unless unless this is a full blown commitment to Andy Dalton. Yep, I don't see the or, need, or a full blown rebuild, and you're going to bring AJ McCarron in to win four games for you this year. Yeah. I mean, that's, which is, which is a non-commitment to Andy Dalton. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, I thought you said full-blown commitment. Sorry. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's the thing is either, why would you, if Andy Dalton gets hurt, you aren't going to make the playoffs anyways, whether it's him or Jeff Driscoll, and you're going to pay him way more than you're going to pay Jeff Driscoll. So what's the point? Unless you're trading Andy Dalton for a third round pick or whatever you can get for him. And you're going to say, well, you know, all those people who wanted to see AJ McCarron, Let's see. Here's the ticket office number. Yeah. We're going to start AJ McCarron and see what he can do for a year, yeah. which I think would lead you to a three or four win season and a top five pick to go get your future quarterback. And uh, that would be the the plan that you would see unfold. I think. Well, it doesn't even matter because I've been I've been told by a couple people now in the live YouTube chat that it, I guess it just was breaking while we were on the air here. Texans. McCarron, McCarron's going to the Texans. Yeah, I heard so, he had a visit uh, there yesterday. So I yeah, so that's uh, that that's not even an issue oh. you have to worry about. Um, I had a couple of other questions from uh, folks in the live YouTube chat that that uh, revolved around. Uh, just kind of some updates. Uh, Greg L. asked, any news on Vinnie Curry? No. Uh, he, he visited the team on Monday. My guess is that's probably not happening because usually if a guy visits, um, they, they talk about a deal shortly after that uh, if, they, if the visit concluded. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually a day late, by, by a day later, there's no announce, announcement. Excuse me. Um, my guess is nothing's happening there. They're probably kicking the tires on him. Well, I do- he could be a guy that they have on their list in case someone goes down at camp or maybe Carl Lawson's not ready for camp and you bring him in. 
on a vet minimum deal. Yep. Or, or after the draft, you know, maybe that maybe they're targeting yep. the edge rushers at certain points in the draft. And if they don't get one, they like, you know, that could be a guy they look at after the draft. And that was, I'm glad you brought up Lawson. That was the other point. Uh, the, that was the other question I saw. Um, I didn't, I'm trying to see who that was in the live YouTube chat, but, uh, there's uh, Michael Myers asked, is there any updates on Lawson? And, and no, there's not. We have one call, Cody, we'll take it and uh, we'll, we'll get off the air here. So uh, let me grab it. Hey, it's the orange and black insider. Who's this? This is Spencer. Spencer. What's going on, man? Not much. Uh, again, thanks for having me on. Um, quick question, simple question. Um, we're all talking about, or you guys are all talking about, who the Bengals could look for in free agency on the type of rental deals and everything. But realistically, what's the likelihood that they're even going to do that? I mean, they value the draft so much. I just don't see them doing anything, really, anymore. I, um, and well, I, I, I think you're definitely correct and I'll, I'll let Cody chime in as well, but I, I think you're definitely correct in the fact that they, they value the draft picks so much that, um, you know, they, they are going to look outside free agents that are going to take precedence in terms of them bringing the Bengals, bringing them in will be ones that have been cut because it yep. affect the, the compensatory pick formula. That's how it's been, especially in recent years. Um, so they, they will look to do that and they will also talk to some of these guys like a Vinnie Curry that, uh, they can get with low guaranteed money. Cody, you're at your extra thoughts on what Spencer's asking there too. Yeah. I mean, and they're going to look for guys that won't cost them comp picks, um, and, or wait until enough of their guys have signed so that they've got an extra, right? Cause as long as they lost more than they gained, they're still going to keep their top comp pick. So you may actually get a decent comp pick for what Tyler Croft left for. Um, and then if Denard gets eight or 9 million, you might see another decent one there as well. Um, so as long as they don't bring in more than they lose, um, then they can maybe sign somebody, but uh, look for guys that got cut. I, I kind of posted a cynical version of the Bengals free agency flow chart, but one of the first ones was, was this person cut from another team? Or would he cost us a comp pick, <laughs> you know, because I mean, that's if you really think about it, it's funny to joke about, but it is kind of true. I mean, they're going to look for guys that don't risk their comp picks um, and um, don't want a lot of upfront guaranteed money and likely don't want blockbuster deals. So at this point, though, we're into week two. So the every day that passes, the dollar signs start getting spent elsewhere and thus leverage as a player begins to go back from player to team. So when the, the, how PA free agency works is you got the pendulum, right? So first day of free agency, all the leverage is with the player. I got all these teams talking to me. They all have a ton of money. How much money are you going to pay me? And as time goes on, it swings back into the team's favor. We only have this much money left. Doesn't seem like that many people are knocking down your door. Here's what we have to offer. So we may see some some more team friendly deals kind of get struck here in the next couple of days. Yep. So and, and the other thing that that uh, Spencer that that frustrates me is that if if the Bengals had been using these compensatory picks to to 
continuously draft effective players and guys who uh, help them out long term, then I would I would say you know what the plan works. Keep going with it. But mm-hmm. it's a bunch of fifth round picks, sixth round picks, and seventh round picks, and you got your Reed Fragles, right? You have your Brandon Wilson's a backup safety. I, there's no offense to Brandon Wilson. He just resigned his his restricted free agent ten, tender with the club as a as a special teams guy, but. Those are the guys you are getting as comp picks. You are not getting, uh, you know, there's probably one-off examples of some decent sure. guys. But for the most part, these aren't these aren't guys who are reshaping the roster and immediate impact guys. These are depth guys. These are special teams guys, not guys that you get in free agency that, that can really turn your team around in one offseason. Hey, Spencer – Thanks for the call, man. Uh, don't don't hesitate to call us again on, on another show, buddy. Yeah, of course. You guys are the best. All right. See you, buddy. Bye. See uh, that was that was Spencer on the uh, the OBI line, and that's a good one to to end on tonight, Cody. Um, you know, I I, I I don't want I don't like to sit here and be negative, 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 but it's just this time of year really brings it out of me with the Cincinnati Bengals, especially in a year when you thought so many things were changing with the coaching staff. There's just so many similar new day, Anthony new day. Uh, yeah, yeah, still right. not like the, the old day. Yeah. I mean, I think that was the biggest thing is, you know, we got sold some snake oil, right? Uh, you know, they, they preach how it's going to be so different and they change the culture. And then it goes from, Zach Taylor and he kills his, I mean, I can't stress how excited I was after his press conference. Like he killed his opening press conference and, and you don't win in press conferences, but from him to what we had at Marvin and just ignoring the media being um, disrespectful, almost to the point of disrespectful to them. And then he is just like open book and so excited. And then, and then Brian Callahan talks about motion and, gap runs and all these things that we want and matchup capabilities and jet motions and how these can give you matchup advantages. And you're like, okay, these are different. And then he hires Jim Turner and you're like, all right. right, Don't don't even get me started on that because I I've actually been easy on the guy. And if you go read the Cincy jungle comment boards, my gosh, they think that all we want to do is continue to rake that guy over the coal. Right, but, but my point is, so it starts I, I there, and then, and then I it just starts to like, okay, so now it's going to be different. It's going to be different, and then it's like, oh well, maybe they'll spend more in free agency, or maybe they'll at least make one splash for Zach. You know, that was that should have been our hashtag when they hired him: one splash for Zach in free agency, just one, right? But the, but then it's like he's he's got one hand high behind his back, and, and people get mad when you say that, but it's coming to the point where it's like, was it really, I mean, did Marvin increase the potential of this roster? Not really, but it's starting to look like, you know, is it really this front office? It's still the problem. I guess we'll find out uh, when, when the season starts. And I look, I like to be excited about this team. It's just like you said, this time of year, it's hard. April 19th, we'll all be back in. I mean, you know, we'll be bellied up drinking the orange Kool-Aid because they'll have a good draft. Everyone will rate their draft well because they good at they're good at getting good value picks. And um, training camp will be all in, and then hopefully we'll still be excited by week eight or nine. Yeah, I remember last year. You know, everybody thought they would be very very bad. Uh, yeah at this time of year, then all of a sudden the, the draft hit. And then you heard about some of these guys in the spring and the summer 
And all of a sudden you started, there wasn't the negative perception last year. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they started four and one. uh, Then the injuries hit and other, other. The four and one could have been one and four easily. Right. There were a lot of really close things, but but at the same time, then on the back half, there were three or four that broke against them. That's football. Right. But but yeah, I mean, I think there was some good buzz and then I was scared when they were in game five. I was like, man, I hope they win like a couple of these next two. And then, Turns out the injuries, the the Eifert thing, just you can just tell how much it hurts the offense when he's out of it. So it it really does. It really does. Um, sorry, we get we got another call and we couldn't get to it, but uh, that you know, I look, there, there's they're going to do some more things. They're going to probably extend a player or two in the summer, like they do with so many of their coveted stars that have one year left on their deal. They're going to make some moves on that front, but. Um, they may even make some more free agency moves in the summer after the draft. Once they let things settle there, uh, it's going to happen, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's probably not going to be a ton of household names or big splashy moves. It just doesn't happen this time of year. So, um, Cody, thanks for, uh, thanks for filling in tonight, man. You, you were awesome. It's good to hear. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Don't be a stranger. And for those of you who don't know, you can give them a lot of hell. Uh, John, Sheeran, my usual co-host, is uh, he's on like a cruise. He's out in like Cozumel or Cabo San Lucas or so something. Don't add him. Don't add him, or he yeah. will fight you. Said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Certainly, he's uh, he's he's abroad, but he should be back soon, and hopefully, he um, uh, hopefully he's having a good time. So uh, we miss him, but we are glad to have you on, Cody. And please, let's make this a more frequent thing, bud. Sounds good. You let me know when, and uh, I'll make it happen. All right. Uh, Thanks, everybody. Again, this is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. He's Cody Toomey. He can be found on Twitter at Kodakai, C-O-D-I-K-I. I'm Anthony Cazenza. You can get this show on Stitcher, on Google Play, on iTunes, on um, Spotify. You could also get it on the Megaphone platform as well as as as, uh, um, YouTube and, uh, gosh, the phone's blown up now, of course, uh, as well as on YouTube and CincyJungle.com. So, uh, yeah, good show tonight, Cody. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Have a good rest of the week. <laughs>